Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Rush, we're back, Steve and Dave, and Rock 102. Last day of June. So if you got June stuff to do, get it done. Tomorrow's July. I don't know what June stuff would be. Well, if you got uh, all those June sales. Oh. You want to get it done by today. I guess. Before the July sales start. Okay. They got the uh, June bugs. Yeah, you got those. Uh, you get uh, June Lockhart. Yeah. Not anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I guess I think she's right. uh, she's been gone for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds will be joining us today. I'm sure he'd feel real happy to be talking to us, but he'll be on the show after eight o'clock this morning. It was we- like a little wrap up of uh, of what happened. We only talk to champions on this show. The hell we do. <laughs> <laughs> also, we'll have another pair of passes to the WIC 338. Uh, the Southwick Nationals coming up on the 7th of July. We'll tell you more details about that. And other stuff, too. Lots of other stuff. So are you saying it's a Thunderbird loser Thursday? Is that what you're saying, Steve? But No, you just said that. Okay. <laughs> you're the one who stepped in that pile. Right. It's 535 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Where do you listen to Rock 102? Whether it's on your smart speaker with back Steve and Dave in the morning. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551. And Cheap Trick with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. Mid-80s today, low 90s tomorrow, then mid-80s for the weekend. And the holiday weekend looks pretty good, except Saturday we might have some scattered... Possibly severe thunderstorms. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well, through the pump, and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, Ted Cruz is a politician who knows what's important, which is why for the second time this year, he's feuding with a Muppet. A Muppet. Yeah. Yesterday, Sesame Street posted a public service ad about Elmo getting his COVID vaccine. In the clip, Elmo's dad, Louie, says he had questions about Elmo getting the shot. But after speaking with their physician, he learned that it was, quote, the best way to keep himself, our friends, our neighbors, and everyone else healthy and enjoying the things they love. Well, Ted had a big problem with this. Why? He tweeted, quote, thanks, Sesame Street, for saying parents are allowed to have questions. You then have Elmo aggressively advocate for vaccinating children under five, but you cite zero scientific evidence for this. He he had a similar issue with Big Bird getting his shot in November, calling it propaganda. And and I never heard about Elmo's dad. Louie, you said? I've never seen Louie before. Yeah, I think that was something they added within the last uh, 10 or 15 years or so. All right. Does Ted Cruz understand that these are fictional characters? With human hands up the backside of them, just mouthing words. Yeah, I guess so. But does, I- it, does he realize that there's only so much time for these Muppets to bring an idea onto television and then go on to the next thing? I don't think he gets that. On the other hand, I mean, you met, you mentioned it, Bax. There's human hands working these puppets and human writers writing what these puppets are saying. Yes, but I don't recall. I mean, I watched a lot of Sesame Street in mm-hmm. my day. I don't recall there ever being a whole lot of scientific evidence and data presented no. on anything. But it is political. 
And they're delving into the political realm here. See, by- that's not, it's not political, though. It's a public health thing yeah. is issued by the, the CDC. See, it's- I don't remember any of the Muppets showing scientific data of things that are here and <laughs> things that are far away. Do you remember that? Uh, Ted, Ted liked that episode last year of the uh, Sesame Street where uh, Oscar the Grouch went to D.C. on January 6th. Yes. And uh, held up his... They yeah, liked that one. Yeah, he <laughs> scaled the walls of the Capitol building. Wearing a buffalo head and yeah, taking yeah, selfies. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That was I funny. love trash. <laughs> when is Alex Jones going to guest host on Sesame Street? Make everybody happy. Well, he's got free time in his hands. That's true. Cameron Diaz is coming out of retirement, and we have Tom Brady to thank for it. Cameron will star in an action comedy with Jamie Foxx called Back in Action. Jamie announced the movie by posting audio of a phone conversation where he's trying to reassure Cameron about her decision to come back and brings in Brady to help her out. Man, first she was dating Brett Favre, now this. I have the audio of that and now hear this, which you'll hear a little bit later on this morning, or Or, which you've already already heard heard if you're listening to this for the first time. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Exactly. It's like uh, traveling in a time machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady tells her, quote, I was talking to Jamie and he said you needed a few tips on how to unretire and I am re- relatively successful at unretiring. You get it? Yeah. Because it was oh, so yeah. funny because yep. he, he retired oh, and then he didn't. He's a stitch. Cameron's last movie was uh, 2014's Annie with Jamie Foxx and they also appeared together in Any Given Sunday. That movie, That's like 20-something years mm-hmm. old now, that movie, isn't it? Yep. He was a football player in that, right, Jamie Foxx? Yes. Uh, have you ever walked out of the theater during a movie? Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen King has, once as an adult. Any guesses to which movie? One of his movies? Yeah. No, not one of his movies. Uh, it was Transformers. The one directed by Michael Bay, not the cartoon from the 80s. But they're robots in disguise. That was a hard, that was a bad movie, Transformers. It really wasn't that, that good. A Wesleyan grad, Michael Bay, by the way. Did you uh, did you have high expectations going into it? Well, I mean, I always give the movies a chance, like the superhero ones. I never thought I'd like the superhero ones, and then I saw, I think it was Glass way back in the day, and then I started getting into all those things. I see. Yeah. yeah. This, these days, it's a lot easier to walk out of a movie. You just leave your room, you know, because you've got it on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But actually walking out of a theater... In the old days, that took something. Did you? Did you ever? I I never walk out of a theater. I, I yeah, I walked out of four weddings and a funeral. Did you? And then in that movie I saw too. I walked out of that as well. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 I see what you're doing. I uh, I walked out of Fade to Black, starring Dennis Christopher. He was one of the cyclists in Breaking Away. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Fade to Black, horrible. Saw it with some buddies of mine back in college. Walked out. You know what movie I should have walked out on was? Uh, it was only a few years ago. It was Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey. Again, what are your expectations going into these movies? Well, it was the only movie uh, playing. Uh, I was on a date. Uh, we went and saw this movie, and <laughs> it was horrible. It was an awful, awful movie. See, I'll I'll always give it to the very end. Yeah. Just in case a movie turns around and gets good. No, see, I, this movie didn't get good. This was this Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it was something about him being a drunk, and then he was a writer, and I, I don't know what happened. Well, remember, the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the uh, Grateful Eight? Took two and a half hours. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Eight. Took yeah. two and a half hours for it to get great. Well, and that's I watched that movie over the course of like four nights, you know, like probably 45 minutes at a time. Yeah. And then, like, 
on the third night before I watched the final like half hour, I'm like, oh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Somebody's going to get slit. Like, there's going to be blood and guts and everything. You think? And sure enough, mm-hmm. the next night when yeah. I finished the movie, uh, chaos ensues and everybody dies. So you're watching it and, and, yeah. and you're like, I'm so confused for two straight hours. Yeah. And all of a sudden, ah, that makes sense because blood has been spilled. No, it makes a connection, doesn't it? Hate, sure does. Hate Quentin Tarantino movies, except for um, the one with Christoph Waltz. Oh, uh, Django. Uh, not the, well. That was and, good. Jan- I like Django. And Jan- Glorious Bastards. Ah, uh, that one. That was a That's good a good one. Like that one. Uh, one of the creators of Friends is apologizing for the show's lack of diversity, and to make amends, she's pledging four million dollars to the African and African and African American Studies Department of her alma mater. Brandeis University, right here in Massachusetts. Oh, that's great. There wasn't enough diversity on Friends. Really? What gave it away? Five rich white kids from uh, <laughs> sharing sharing a very affordable loft apartment there in were, New York City? There were actually six uh, rich white kids. Oh, that's six, right? Go, going to coffee shops with no minority representation whatsoever. I never count uh, Matt LeBlanc. He was really the weakest friend. They weren't that rich. They were being cost-effective sharing that apartment. There was, there was no way the group of people, either one of them, could have afforded a, a, an apartment in New York City at that time. You know what the rents were then? Outrageous. Out- outrageous. The rent's just too damn high. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. I'm attorney John Heyman. The Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Woodfire Grills. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, yesterday I told you that Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers had just accepted a $47.1 million option in the final year of his five-year, $205 million contract. Personally... I would have a very difficult time walking away from something like that. But that's mostly because I lack integrity and can easily be bought for the right price. However, there are times when apparently turning down a lucrative option isn't simply a matter of wanting more money. Sometimes turning down the option in your contract is a bold act of selflessness. I can't relate to any of that, but that's mostly because I've never been offered a lucrative option a year in a contract. Who would do something like this? Yesterday, James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers declined the option on his contract, which would have been worth $47.3 million. Why would a guy walk away from something like that? It's not because he thinks he deserves more. It's because James Harden is apparently intending to decline the option, file as a free agent, and re-sign with the 76ers for less money than he's currently entitled to. Now, before you choke all over yourself, let me address the big elephant in the room. The reason why James Harden is willing to take less money is because he's hoping to help the team financially. Folks, I don't know what sort of world James Harden is living in, but for the everyday working man, the idea of voluntarily walking away from a big stack of money, one that you are perfectly entitled to for the purposes of helping your employer, seems to be as believable as a Bigfoot sighting or an alien abduction. No offense to my employer, but that would not be the direction that I would be willing to take. Because that's how I put food on the table. That's how I pay my bills. Of course, I suppose when you're talking about $47.3 million, accepting $30 million instead is still $30 million. I just don't know if the same scale would apply to the rest of us. Because it certainly wouldn't apply to me. And I'm guessing it probably wouldn't apply to most of you either. But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Painters, 
Rockies wants to earn your business. Set up an account and have the convenience of eight Western Mass Rockies locations very close to everywhere you may be. Each with Benjamin Moore Paint, good people, paint people who speak your painting language at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 in Led Zeppelin. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Black dog there. And regardless of the color of your dog, probably going to have problems this holiday weekend with fireworks going off. We might talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, uh, I have a black dog, and, and? he lights off uh, bottle rockets all day long. I bet he does. July. So he's yeah. used to the sound thing. I don't even know how he does it. He yeah. doesn't even have thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> how does he light that lighter? I don't know. How does he do it? you got to get that dog on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Last night was that uh, Andy Yee Palliative Care Unit fundraiser. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, did yeah. you go to the Center Square Grill? I did go to the Center Square Grill. Owned by the one and only Phil Collins? Hmm. Uh, it's Bill Collins. Um, I believe it's Phil. How can I just let you walk away? You, 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 just uh, let me leave without a trace. You know, I will say that, uh, that Bill Collins did a great job replacing Peter Gabriel. Yeah. After uh, Lamb lies down on Broadway, oh. that was that was those were big shoes to fill. And then uh, and then he cooked Polynesian food last night at the Center Square Grill. Let me tell you, Can you something. Imagine that? Let me tell you something. Last night, yeah. the food was spectacular. Before you get to that, was this from the movie with? Is it Jeff Bridges? And was it Rachel Ward? Is that uh, right? Yeah. Yes, it uh, was. Rachel Ward, uh, James Woods, Alex Karras. I'm sorry, we were looking for Alex Karras. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Greer and uh, Dorian Harwood. Okay. Uh, 1984 Taylor Hackford fil- Against All Odds. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was the name of the film. To me now. Classic. There's just an egg roll here. And uh, they didn't have the egg rolls, but they were passing around uh, Polynesian uh, favorites. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, mm. Like they had these shrimp tacos that were so freaking good. Did you bring in some for us? Yeah. Where, where is it? Is it up in the fridge? Can, shall I go get it? Yeah, why don't you go upstairs for a hey, while listen, and try to look for it? Listen, we had the chef in here the other day, and he didn't bring any food with yeah. him. So. Yeah, who does that? You a know, guy who wants you to go buy it from his restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Where the restaurant's like, you know, 200 yards away. Anyway, uh, no, the food was great, and the, the whole thing was to to raise money for this palliative care unit and, and uh, Andy Yee's memory. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the lovely Mrs. Yee was there. Uh, all kinds of uh, dignitaries and luminaries. Uh, Gene Cassidy from the Big E yeah. uh, came and uh, chatted with us for a while. Wow. Rocco Falcone, uh, the owner of uh, Rocky's Ace Hardware. Was Good a, people. Was, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware location. Did Gene uh, Cassidy say, I got, uh, I'll defrost a couple of pounds of this elephant meat. I'll bring it with me tonight. No, uh, we did not get into the defrosting of elephant meat or any other kind of meat. We just simply talked about the Big E. It's got a mm. freezer life of three years. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure it does. But uh, you know what? I, I got to tell you. You know, it's a it's it was a really cool event that made everybody wish that the Hukilau was still yeah. around. The Hukilau Day. You know I know you've told me about it many times. The, I, if you can imagine this. So it was a uh, it was a Polynesian mm-hmm. Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. that had been around for for years in in Andy Yee's family. Yep. I believe his dad opened it, and it also had I think a six hundred seat showroom. Yeah, the place was huge. It was. It, pro- was, it had to have been like three or four thousand square feet of just restaurant space. It mm. was enormous, and so when they would have a comedy show, 
Um, and they, you know, bring in a good light. Like I had, you know, Bob Marley. We mm-hmm. saw him there a bunch of times. Or and Steve Nagel. I don't know if Steve Nagel packed the room over there. Um, no, by I just I opened. Uh, remember uh, Dice Clay? Uh, I opened the Dice Clay show. That's nice. right. I did uh, Sebastian Maniscalco? That wow. was a good show. That was and, a good show. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Steve O. Jackass guy. Kevin Nealon. Yeah. 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 yeah all those. A but Sacred Heart grad, Kevin Nealon, by the way. Sacred Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put the. Let me. Uh, let me just, jot that down. See, I'm the king of useless information, and there, there it was, stuck well, in my brain. I had to blurt it out. Wow. Well, thank you very much you're for welcome. sharing that. You're welcome. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that always impressed me about the uh, the hooky lao, mm-hmm. and you don't see this in any other place around here. Mm-hmm. And now that they're gone, you don't see it anywhere at all. Imagine the operation of that place. You got 600 people in a room. Mm-hmm. Plus a restaurant on the other side, yeah. on, on another hallway, 600 people. Everybody gets fed. Everyone gets a little boozed. Everybody gets to enjoy uh, a show. And everybody gets a check. And in the middle, you had karaoke in the bar. Right. And the luau show. And yet, I don't ever recall there being a problem or getting the wrong meal or getting the wrong check. It was like the most organized machine in all of Western Mass. Amazing. Amazing that those guys were able to pull that off all the time. And then when it goes away, people were very, very sad. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting there and they were serving, uh, if you if you made a donation, you had your choice between uh, free wine, Mai Tais, or these little pineapple drinks. Yeah. I had myself a, a, a Mai Tai. Haven't had... Uh, haven't been drinking very much, so you know the right. Mai Tai goes right to your head. And then, uh, so, uh, it gave you this kind of bittersweet feeling you were happy to be there but on the other hand you kind of oh you're celebrating you kind of miss the old place well right but you're also celebrating uh, the life of andy yeet which uh, and we and we were good friends and so to you know to you know i would do anything for uh, you know to, to in his memory but that's what made it a special night it was really really cool and and i, and I appreciate uh phil collins and yeah. uh <laughs> and uh, Tony Ravosa for putting this thing together it was a very, very uh, nice, nice uh, event. Uh, I see uh, you put a picture up online. You got laid last night. Yes, I did. How about that? You I and the did. missus, huh? Yeah, because everybody who uh, uh, made the donation got a like a flowered lay. The Hawaiian thing. Uh, well, mm. it, uh, Polynesian. It incorporated a lot of different cultures. Mm. But nevertheless, yeah, we all got laid. Every single buddy there hey, got laid. Everybody's going to get laid. We're going to get laid. And you did. I did. Yeah, good for you. Was Rodney Dangerfield there? I didn't know that. Uh, no, Rodney Dangerfield. Well, I think the, huh. uh, the biggest celebrity there was probably... Well, you, Phil Collins. No, 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 no. Phil gonna, Collins was the biggest celebrity. There. I was going to say Angelo Pupolo, but if you're going to if you're going to focus on Phil Collins, then yes, in fact, uh, he was he was a, a tremendous host. Angelo Pupolo is one of the, he's like one of the few, very few politicians that I actually like. <laughs> Because he yeah. like, like you can tell he does stuff like he he works yeah. like he does his job. Whereas a lot of these uh, little see, hacks don't. See, but Angelo had a job before all this. Mm-hmm. You know, Angelo was a plumber before he became uh, a city councilor yeah. and, then, and then a state rep. The guy knows how to 
clean the pipes, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, he was over there, and uh, we talked for for a bit. And a great name, too. Angelo Pupolo. Pupolo. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't get any better than that when it comes to recognition for a politician. You know, that, yeah. now that's the kind of name I should have chosen for my radio show. Pupolo you, or yes. Angelo? No, Pupolo. Years ago. Just just that. You know, just a one-word thing. Pupolo yeah. in the morning. Yes. Yeah. See? I like yeah. it. See? And, and you do love politicians, a couple of them, because I know you love Mayor Dom Sarno. I said there's very few yes. that I that I uh, appreciate. What? Eh, I don't love him. <laughs> it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. No, maybe. I, just, I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't wrap him around uh, your arms in a warm embrace. Right. It's like any one of these guys. Like they're all blowhards when it comes to like the <laughs> politics part. But yep. individually, they're nice people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like uh, it's like the bullies in school. You know, mm-hmm. once they were with their friends, they wanted nothing to do with you. They were throwing things at you and everything. Yeah. But individually, you sit down with a bully, they're not so bad. <laughs> like you know, Tony yeah. Ravosa. He and I become good friends after he became a after he left politics. Once he left politics, Tony and I get along mm-hmm. uh, beautifully. Great <laughs> friends. See, that's the thing. It's but like, when it he was, was a politician, yeah, it's like yeah. eh, I don't know if I yeah, want to get too close. I don't know if I want to if I want to be part of this. Uh, elected organized crime you know what it is this is this is absolutely true because i had a number of very good friends run for elected office and every time they do they say hey can we put a lawn sign on your lawn and every single time i've said no and they're like why we're friends i said see this is the problem the moment i start to actively support any candidate for any office and uh, they are then uh, then the FBI shows up to your mm-hmm. political office and they're taking you away in a paddy wagon and handcuffs. Um, I don't really want the association uh, for your uh, for, for your corrupted uh, you know, behavior. So uh, I always say no. And, and I try to be very respectful about it, especially with that kind of explanation. And uh, and 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 that's the way it's always been. No, regardless of how mm-hmm. close I am. And I still would not support any candidate but you're right once they're away from politics and we're doing other yeah. things we're all good we're all good uh, i have a politician who's taken uh, a little issue with how i how i've said i i said there are very few <laughs> politicians out there uh, this guy i guess is one of them which who is it i can't tell you <laughs> what, what town's he from i can't tell you that uh what political affiliation does he have i can't tell you that is he being serious or is he joking with he's you? joking with okay me, but well, still then you could you could say it probably no 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 no, 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 no we don't no. want to give uh, negative uh, publicity to john olver <laughs> john olver please <laughs> He's an everywhere man. Yeah, I know he's, he's an, an everywhere, everywhere man. Around. But he's been everywhere but in the last 10 John years. John Olver just gave me the finger via an emoji. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, nice job last night at Center Square Grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Collins did a marvelous job. He did, yeah. Tony Ravosa, you organized a great event. And it's always great to see uh, uh, Sarah Yee, too. So yeah. thank you very much for everybody that participated. Their goal was $200,000. They're already 50% there, and after only 12 days, of doing the fundraiser, which is really actually pretty phenomenal. So uh, good luck. We yeah, hope to get this uh, thing accomplished. It's uh, 623. We're back, Steve and Dave, in Rock 102. Warm weather has arrived. And so, too, we're back, Steve and Pupolo. I yeah, think it I works. I don't know. No, I no, don't know. No. No. I might have to ask for permission, maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't think he's got a copyright or a trademark mm. on that. I think that's uh, that's a family name. It goes back generations. By the way, I just read on Wikipedia, uh, in the video, 
And again, I'm the king of useless information. In the video for that song, Chris Cornell is seen wearing a fork necklace given to him by Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon. They're both dead now, by the way. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I believe uh, a lot of those grunge bands uh, like to... uh exchange yeah. utensils for any number of reasons. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. A trippy video if you've never seen it before. It's 6.34. We're back. Steve and Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. Got a few Hadley stories for you and South Hadley stories. First of all, there's a traffic update. A portion of Route 202 from South Hadley to Granby reduced to alternating one-way traffic for paving. Beginning from the intersection of Route 202 and Route 33 in South Hadley, the road is reduced right now to one lane for nearly a two-mile stretch up to the intersection of Route 202 and Pleasant Street in Granby. The alternating one-way traffic pattern will continue into tomorrow, and this will happen from the hours of 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. each day. Well, luckily, that's not a very heavily traveled road. No, no. People got around it. And another update, the uh, Hadley Playhouse that was taken mistakenly from somebody's driveway that's been returned and returned to its rightful owner. And there was a big explosion Tuesday that was heard all over Western Mass, maybe by you guys. I don't know. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Tuesday afternoon. The blast was pinpointed to South Hadley, where fire investigators said a carbon dioxide fire extinguisher exploded at a demolition site. The company E-Inc., I don't think that uh, I would hear an explosion from South Hadley to Hamden. Not like uh, when that uh, the strip club blew up in Springfield a yeah. few years ago. That I the, that shook my house in East Lombardo. Yeah, that uh, was this wasn't a big enough blast, and I couldn't hear it in Enfield, and certainly Steve wouldn't hear it in Huntington. But Western Mass News obtained a video of the explosion that people in South Hadley and others for it says miles around heard on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, hear anything about it, but you see, they, they, they show this picture of this blown apart fire extinguisher in this guy's yard. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that thing flew that far? Well, <laughs> it, it said, but Steve, it says parts of the debris, and I'm yeah. reading from the flew and landed a thousand yards away. All right, Dave, it's Debris. Stop sounding like an idiot when you say that. Debris, sorry, it's yeah. Debris. <laughs> I, I would never. I, why should I even question a graduate of Westfield Stott? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, yeah, uh, that's a pretty big blast. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture where this place is. It's I'm Lamb what? Lamb Street was 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 the backyard. Lamb Street, but, but that that's the backyard where they found the Debris. Oh, I th- I think I I think I know where that is. Uh, this is off a of Gaylord Street. Is this E Inc Corporation? Okay. And um, I don't know if that's the most must be like South Hadley Falls or something. Yeah, I, I believe it is that uh, yeah. that area. Yes, it is uh, around the falls. Not that far from the once great falls pub. Isn't the fire extinguisher supposed to be the thing that helps you put out a fire and <laughs> yeah. not something that causes it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doesn't uh, doesn't like uh, fiddling with any, uh, one of those things, could that potentially cause an explosion? Are you suggesting there was some horseplay going on? Oh. I, I don't know about horseplay, mm-hmm. but you know that did cross my mind. <laughs> We've got some other explosive stories for you. Good. I like stuff that blows up. TSA officers, I told you yesterday, detecting a lot of firearms at Boston's Logan Airport this year. Well, a 19-year-old woman had her stun gun confiscated earlier this week that she attempted to bring through Bradley's security checkpoints. 
And the TSA tweeting, quote, doesn't matter what your stun gun says, it can't board the plane with you. And apparently her stun gun had the word police on there. Now, if she got uh, it from a police member or she put it on there herself in an attempt to get it through security at yeah, Bradley that's, Airport. That's, in fact, I think if you put police on there yourself, that's even more of a red flag. Could be, but they just confiscated the stun gun from her and let her go on her way and travel through her flight. Now, if she put it in checked baggage, she could have gotten away with that? They detected it in her carry-on, so it's a good point that you make. I don't know. You know we had uh, we used to have a doctor that would come in here every once in a while. Yeah. Or we used to have the Bay State doctors uh, come in here uh, on a rotating basis. Yeah. And there was one guy, uh, I don't even remember his last name, but he, I recognized him. I actually played golf with him at some point, mm-hmm. poorly. Uh, but I see him at Bradley Airport. This is going back years ago. Right. I see him at Bradley Airport, and he's like all in a tiff. And I go, hey, uh, what's going on, man? And he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot all about this in my bag. And he pulls out this giant dagger. Mm. And he's like, I got to go mail this back to myself uh, because they won't let me through security with it. And I really didn't have time because I was in my own rush to go, what made you think that that would get through security? I told you the other day, I'm standing in line at the uh, at the uh, with the TSA in Bradley uh, with my kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, there's this couple who uh, are just, I don't know if it's plain ignorance or let's just see what we can get away with. You know what I mean? And, and, and this guy goes, you know, you can't have this stuff. You can't have this and you can't have that. And this is over liquid. And they were violating all the rules. And she was like, well, they did. Th- they were they were OK with that in Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> and then he goes, well, I really don't think you should be admitting that you broke most of the rules at another airport mm-hmm. either. Uh, what is with people that they think that they can bring this stuff through security? In, in the year 2022, yeah. you would think that people would just understand that weaponry and air travel Mm -hmm. are not meant to be together, especially when it comes to carry-on luggage. I want to get through that security line as quickly as possible. So I always check my pockets, my bags, Mm -hmm. anything that would have any sort of indication of maybe a weapon or 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 misconstrued in a way I make sure that I don't have that on me even pocket change like even put pocket change I put that in a little baggie inside my bag mm-hmm. just to make it easier so I can just get through without being stopped for questioning I always check my luggage for guns 3 or 4 times before I travel I don't even own any guns but I just make sure that they're not in there god forbid someone uh, you know goes through my house and you know stores guns in my bag gotcha. i want to make sure i don't want to be uh, i don't want to hang up the line got another gun story here springfield police confiscating three guns and 80 grams of cocaine and 400 bags of heroin and nearly four thousand dollars in cash officials saying the items were found while officers were arresting four people in indian orchard as part of an ongoing investigation well that almost sounds suspicious two minors and two adult men were arrested after officers say they fled after being seen with an illegal gun. So the adults, 21-year-old Oren Anderson and 29-year-old Luther Evans, both facing a number of firearms and drug trafficking-related charges. I don't know. I mean, was there any probable cause? Doesn't say. Doesn't get into that in the article. Yeah, what, uh, what, uh, what tipped them off? 
all the drugs and guns and cash that they yeah, had yeah, on yeah, them. But what, besides that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Texting while driving. <laughs> and yesterday in Berkshire, the DA's office obtaining a guilty conviction and a jail sentence of a man who aimed a crossbow at police back in March. 40-year-old Timothy Tatro of Pittsfield found guilty of a single count of assault with a dangerous weapon and violating an abuse prevention order. Mm. He was sentenced to serve a total of five years of incarceration. Well, little Timmy Tatro with his crossbow. That'll yeah. teach you. He was, gonna, he was eventually going to get caught. You, hey, can, you know what you, uh, you missed, by the way, in Hollywood trash this morning? Oh, R. Kelly. R. Being Kelly. So, <clears throat> getting, yeah. getting 30 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I didn't know if you guys knew who R. Kelly was, so that's why I didn't include <laughs> it in the... Uh, yeah, that's the reason you didn't include and it. And he got 30 years. Usually he's used to doing less than 16. <laughs> Jesus you know what I mean? Christ, yes, I know. And when it comes to crossbows, by the way, you get away with that in, um, oh, I don't know, what's the place that has the, uh, stock, uh, uh, the stockades in... Uh, you know, west of here on the or east of here on the Mass Pike, Sturbridge Village. Sturbridge. Maybe Village. you could get away with pointing a crossbow at Sturbridge Village. You cannot. No. <clears throat> no. I know that for a fact, and All don't right. ask me why. All right. Six forty-three with back Steve and Dave. We've got a Mass Hat coming up next on Rock One Hundred Two. Rock One Hundred Two's classic rock summer is driven. Rock One Hundred Two Springfield's classic rock. It's six fifty. And the Rolling Stones with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's uh, going to be uh, today uh, mostly sunny with a high of 84. Tomorrow things get hot with a high of 91. Woo! It is 59 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, the back Stephen Dave show happens five days a week. That means there's five different podcasts for you to listen to every single week of the year. And you can check that out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly from rock102.com and listen to it on uh, your phone or laptop or smart speaker whenever it's convenient for you. Also, Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. And then next week, I'm going to be talking to author Nick Durden, the author of a book called Exit Stage Left, The Curious Afterlife of Pop Stars. He interviews like 50 different musicians after their careers mm -hmm. are no longer producing hits. It's actually a really interesting book and a real cool conversation what that'll was, be up on Monday. What was the name of that book again? Exit Stage Left, The Curious Afterlife of Pop Stars. Now, isn't wasn't that a cartoon character? Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. Yeah. Yeah. Exit Stage that's Right. Yeah. Stage Right, even. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, it. Yeah, that's right. All right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, very cool book, and you'll be able to check that out on rock102.com. Steve, you have an amazing grasp of that kind of thing. Now, that was like from the 60s, I think. Uh, that I, uh, I have an old soul. Dave. Yeah, I think you do. I do. Right. I, uh, I, you know what it is? I grew up with um, siblings that were 13 years older than me. Oh. Yeah. So it, it's it, they're eight to thirteen years. I'm the baby. I'm eight years behind my brother. So I uh, I got a taste of all the uh, what was that the HR puffin stuff. Oh, that's uh, good stuff. Uh, what was uh, what was the other thing that we uh, got into? Electric Company sure, and all right. the all those things that uh, were from like the seventies. Hmm. If you ever want to see a very disturbing use of HR puffin stuff, by the way, yeah, get Shorty, not the movie, mm -hmm. but the I think porn it's, film. No, I think it's a, that might be, uh, there might be one of those two. I don't yeah, know. But all right. the, the Get Shorty series, and I think it was on Netflix starring Chris O'Dowd. I never saw it. Really I good. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. But there's an episode that deals with one character's, how should I put it? Proclivities with H&R Puff and stuff. It is. All right. Is it Freddie the Flute? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not familiar with all the I, characters cause there because I, I can see that character get into all kinds of difficult <laughs> positions. Uh, you got to see it to understand what I'm all talking right, about. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, very disturbing. Six fifty three with back, Stephen Dave. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. And by the way, I, I'm an old soul as well because I grew up in my grandfather's house because mm-hmm. my dad wasn't around, as I've said. So my grandfather was essentially my dad, which explains a lot about me. I know, you and that Edsel talk that yes. you do all the time. Right. <laughs> On to the mass hat. Yesterday, yes. we told you about the woman in West Springfield caught on a security camera shoplifting an AC unit. Yes. A couple in Michigan one-upped her. This couple went shopping, it says at an unnamed store, but you could probably fill in the blank with the type of store that you think it probably is. They put three air conditioning units on a cart. They wheeled them over to self-checkout. They then scanned a Reese's peanut butter cup, and that's it paid for the Reese's, and left. (laughs) They loaded the three AC units into a vehicle and drove off. But the police caught up to them because they left some stuff behind at the self-checkout kiosk. Their ID. Uh, Ah, boy. And a purse. And by the way, the purse also had a crack pipe inside it. Ah. Yeah. You know, you, you, you could never do this at a Costco. No, you couldn't do this at a Costco. Because you know why? Because they got that dude at the uh, at the exit mm. with that sharpie, you know, checking out all the uh, all the uh, the receipts. Well, don't they you do can't, that? You can't get past that sort of fortress. Wait, don't they do that same thing? Because I never had a Costco membership, but I had what are the, what are the other big box? BJ's, BJ's, BJ's. Sam's Club. Yeah. They do that at BJ's as well. Yeah, they do. But at Costco, I mean, you know, they. These are very powerful people at the mm. end, <laughs> at the exit. You can't get beyond those folks. Unlike the Walmart greeters, who have no power. Yeah, but but they don't check your right. receipt as right. you leave. Right. You know, at Costco, they do. You know, that's a, if you were like an employee of BJ's, you have to go around telling everybody, I work for BJ's. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Times are tough right now. Inflation is so high. Yeah. Man, I'm working for BJ's. Man, this economy's really... Causing some issues, isn't like, it? Like a character from Shameless. Yeah. That's yeah, right. <laughs> Which I think Bill Macy did at one yeah, point during that show. This whole self-checkout thing, uh, I th- I don't think regular people should be put in charge no. of, of scanning their own items. Qualified professionals should mm. be doing that gig. It, it, it's come down to, and most of the grocery stores have now like the corral of self-checkouts, right. the Walmarts, the Stop and Shops, the Big Ys. It's like now they... They kind of figured it out going, okay, well, we can't just have like three individual lanes. We need like 10 of these machines and we need like a feeder line going into it. And sort of like you said, a corral, in yeah. cl- an enclosed area. Right. Yeah. But, but, the, but the worst part about that is some guy who's got $300 worth of groceries could be going up to that thing mm-hmm. and you're waiting forever mm-hmm. for that guy to scan all those groceries because you can't. Everything has to be ta- put into, that ba- into the bag after you scan it. Then the bag... You got to take it off, put it in the cart. It, it's just it's just a big pain in the ass. There mm-hmm. should be somebody doing this for you. This is the whole idea of having a cashier bag your groceries. Right? I, I never go through uh, self-checkout where I th- say to myself, man, I could do this for a job. Mm-hmm. I never say that because I know that I would be, I would be terrible at it. 
Yeah. Because I'm terrible at just doing it myself. Nor do you, you ever go through thinking you could um, steal some stuff on your way through there. I'm, well, I would I, never do that. Especially right. at a, again, especially at a Costco yeah. where that Sharpie could cause, mm-hmm. you know, immeasurable damage. Sure. 657 with back Steve and Dave. Coming up next, some of the top names in the NBA, at least in my opinion, got traded yesterday. We'll give you the rundown next in the 102-second sports on Rock 102. Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, ever hear that potentially misogynistic proverb, hell hath no fury like a woman scorn? Well, the reason why that saying exists is because scornful actions tend to piss people off. And the first person to put that down in writing was a dude who really messed things up. But just to show you that the world is not so rigid in relegating scorn and anger between men and women alone, let's take a look at what happened yesterday at Wimbledon. As some of you may know, on Tuesday, Serena Williams was bounced out of the first round at Wimbledon by Harmony Tan, who I should point out, entered the match as the 115th best player in the world. In other words, this virtual unknown beat arguably one of the greatest tennis champions of all time. Pretty amazing, right? Sure. But here's where things get complicated. Yesterday, Harmony Tan was set to join her partner Tamara Korpach for their very first doubles match together at Wimbledon. For Korpach, she'd already lost her singles match the day before against Heather Watson. So for, uh, for Tamara, this was pretty much it. However, just one hour before their doubles match, Harmony Tan informed Tamara Korpach that she no longer wanted to be in the doubles competition at Wimbledon because apparently beating Serena Williams was just too exhausting. This left Tamara Korpach to quickly take the Instagram, set it on blast, and light Harmony Tan up like a Christmas tree, saying, quote, if you're broken after a three-hour match the day before, then you can't play professional. Of course, I could go on, but who has that kind of time? I will say this, backing out of a doubles match at Wimbledon one hour before you hit the court is an act of a selfish jackass. Blowing up a selfish jackass on Instagram, while incredibly satisfying, is an act of scorn-fueled hostility. And while I respect the intention, I wouldn't expect a lot of people jumping at the chance to be your next doubles partner. At least not while you're still posting memes and angry-faced emojis, you won't. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Battery-powered lawnmower? Come on. Flashlights run on batteries. Lawn mowers require smelly, loud, costly gasoline. That is until you go to Rockies and take a look at the Ego mowers. Ego exceeds the power of gas. You charge it up and boom, you're mowing your lawn. Get an Ego today at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 709. And Tom Petty with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's uh, going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 84. Tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high of 91. It's 59 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, maybe some rain on Saturday, but uh, 4th of July looks pretty good so far. And, you know, with a lot of sunshine. So we got that going for us. Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds will be joining us uh, and next hour. We'll be talking about uh, what happened. And, uh, and we'll also talk about that Chicago goalie who was uh, suspended for two games, huh. uh, one game for each finger that he raised to the crowd. So we'll talk to Tommy Cross after 8 o'clock. Yesterday we were talking a little bit about the 4th of July, and uh, we were talking about how you know fireworks causes injuries and how people injure themselves grilling food or just getting too much exposure to the sun, which was my problem in Florida last weekend. And then there's the idea of fireworks and how they might affect your dog. And, Steve, you were saying that your dog just – 
Sets off his own fireworks. He's That's not right. scared of them. He's, uh, he's into firecrackers, M80s, yeah. uh, mortars. No, seriously. He's into all that do, stuff. Does he, does he have a problem? <laughs> do, do the sounds of the fireworks disturb your dog or not? Um, he... I haven't really been around a fireworks display for him. I'm sure he would probably be scared about it, but uh, we live like out in the country, so yeah. you do hear people setting off fireworks, but mm. it's really not that prominent. We used to get it sometimes in my you know, previous marriage. We had two chocolate labs, one of them deathly afraid of fireworks and would cower and w- wouldn't come out from underneath the blankets would yeah. just bury itself in the bed and you know until the whole thing was over tried the um i don't know they had like weighted like sweaters that you could put on them i yeah. guess yeah, that- sometimes that works didn't work with bella and then the other chocolate lab not a care in the world probably cuz she was so old she couldn't hear them our dog doesn't really care. Yep. He is not. Uh, he is not bothered by a whole lot. And he's at the age now where you know yeah. he's kind of like an old guy, and yep. he's just like, eh, whatever. You can't bother me with that stuff. Yep. You know, I'll tell you what though. We you did the story the other day about uh, seizures of fireworks crossing state lines yep. from like New Hampshire into Massachusetts. Sure. You know those seizures have still you know continued, and uh, the Massachusetts State Police seized last Friday. 425 items valued at $8,000, 654 items valued at $10,000 on Saturday, and another 501 items worth more than $10,000 on Sunday, all totaled to like $28,000 worth of illegal fireworks coming into the state of Massachusetts from New Hampshire. And yet, there's billboards all over the place telling you, hey, you know what's fun? Blowing stuff up. Mm -hmm. And the best place to blow stuff up is is here in Massachusetts after you've been to New Hampshire. Yes. So you can't blame... <laughs> you know, I mean, really. You can't blame people. They're just sort of following instructions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But don't try coming back over state lines with them big giant bombs from uh, from the uh, from the fireworks uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And by the way, with regard to the dogs, you can also give them special treatment, medication, to like mellow, mellow them out as well, in case you have a problem with that. Oh, I got this... Uh... I think it's trazodone. Yes, my dog. My yeah. friend takes that to go to yeah. sleep at night. My my lady friend. Yeah, they gave that to me. No, she's the, got the she's got the same symptoms. Yeah, just uh, like main, a dog. Yeah. Mange scoots uh, scoots on the rug. <laughs> yes. uh, drinks from the toilet. She does all those things. <laughs> Everything. I'm trying to break those habits, but uh, so far the v- unlucky. The vet prescribed it for him to to get a shot because he was uh he was too he was freaking out over the needle. Mm-hmm. Which I don't even know how he knows it's a needle, but he was freaking out over the needle. And uh, they gave him this trazodone, and I had to give him, like, a lot of milligrams. I don't know how many, but they're like, give him uh, one pill now, uh, one pill uh, when he eats, and then uh, one pill right before he comes in. And he was all drugged up. He, uh, not only can he light his own fireworks, he could smash the pill with a hammer and snort it right off the table. Really? Talented. I was like, you're like Charlie Sheen. (laughs) It's like like your dog is an extra in Scarface. Yeah. There's another report about 4th of July here that it's the most dangerous day of the year for your phone. There are, it says here, 48% more phone accidents on the 4th than any other day of the year. Memorial Day and Labor Day are next, but distant second and third. I bet you because people are trying to take pictures of fireworks displays. And then they uh, they wind up dropping them in a campfire or something like that. Yeah, or they're getting on boats or yep. being in the water, and well, there it goes. I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but there tends to be a lot of drinking during the 4th of July really? holiday. Yes, 
a lot of it. Mm. Which I should also point out, you can get at a great discount at the uh, New Hampshire state-run uh, liquor store. Again, New Hampshire. Right next gra- to the fireworks store. Right next to the fireworks <laughs> store. <laughs> nice. Cheap booze and yep. bombs. Mm-hmm. What a great state that is. There's a tip here that somebody posted online that's gone viral about how to ensure that your phone avoids an accident on the 4th of July. And this is interesting. I never even thought of this before. So you just add some contact info to your home screen. If you think you're going to lose your phone or have a phone accident, you take a screenshot of someone in your contacts and then set that as your wallpaper. So if you lose your phone, whoever finds it doesn't have to punch in a security code yeah. to get in. They yeah. see your contact info right on your phone. There. I don't know if I want everybody knowing my business, though. Well, just temporary, Steve. Yeah. Temporary. Either way, you don't want people mining, mining their own beeswax. So if you do that, if you take a screenshot and put that as your wallpaper, mm. you triple your chances of getting your phone back if it gets lost. That's a good tip. You know what else is a good tip? What? Here's a good tip. Yeah. If you're going to be playing with fireworks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, don't point a Roman candle at another human being or animal. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't do that. Uh, don't touch the lit part of a sparkler, even after it's gone out. Okay, because that hurts. Yes. Uh, and also, if you're gonna light a fire, uh, a, a firecracker, or uh, any kind of firework or any kind of explosive, mm-hmm. don't leave it in your hands to blow up. Okay. I'm just telling you because I'm writing these down. Yeah, write them down. You're like, uh, go Google uh, what Jason Pierre-Paul's hands look like. Yeah. All right. So then, I mean, there's a guy who practically blew off his hand playing with fireworks on a Fourth of July, uh, you know, barbecue. A former New York Giants star. Yeah. Now pra- is he Tampa Bay? Now is that where? He's in? Uh, yes. Yeah. Practically blew his hand right off his arm. Mm-hmm. And there's also. You know, the stories of that guy that, you know, lit fireworks off the top of his head. And there's also that guy that lit fireworks off his chest. And it all turned out very badly. Yeah, those people couldn't tell what happened, how it was like, because they were dead afterwards. Yes. And so uh, my advice to all of you is, uh, yep, what, pay attention to your phone. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, be careful how much booze you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And don't light fireworks off of your body. Years ago, I worked with a. Uh, <clears throat> I worked at Bitmer Bickford's over here at the corner of Allen and Cooley Street. Do I? Yeah. Uh, fine cuisine. Yeah, that's yeah. the place you go when there is absolutely no other option. I was like seventeen or eighteen years old working over there, and uh, there was a kid I worked with, and he had one arm, mm. and uh, it was because of a fireworks-related incident. That's it. And uh, what ha- what had happened was. He must have had some kind of like M80 or something that he was lighting inside of a bathroom and then going to toss it out the window, but didn't realize the screen was up. And then, you know, your your instinct is to pick it up Mm -hmm. because you're trying to get rid of it. And as he did that... He blew half his hand off. Hate yeah. when that happens. See, this is the kind of thing because you know everybody who plays with fireworks on uh, the Fourth of July all always says the same thing in their head. That kind of stuff is stupid, and that would never happen to me. Before we start lighting these things up, who's up for a few shots of Jägermeister? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's and, do as that. As soon as that happens, yep. then that puts you in the potential yeah. uh, position to blow your hands off 
during this kind of uh, weekend celebration. Mm-hmm. And I would strongly suggest not trying to do that. Yeah, that uh, video I saw the other day of the, all the fireworks going off at once in this man's collection of fireworks. Oh, yeah. And uh, him just yelling Jesus, where they have a Jesus counter on the video. <laughs> and he goes, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we, we, uh, you played that yeah, for there, me. There's you, other cannot, actually, you, you can't actually play it because yeah. there's uh, other words in there. Oh, there's, there's other, lots of other there. words in Jesus there. Jesus was only one of the things that he was uh, he was bringing up. But they had the Jesus counter at the top. Uh-huh. I think he got up to 15 and a half Jesuses. Nice. One of them was a G. Very <laughs> religious guy. Must be. Yeah. Yeah, but not fully because there were some uh, some other uh, expletives in there. Well, you're allowed to have profanity and still be religious, and, aren't you? And take yeah, the Lord's name in vain. I don't yeah. believe that. Uh, right. I don't believe so. All right. But uh, yeah, see that's but this is what people this is what people do, and and it happens every year, and we're gonna come back. Uh, see, we're gonna come back from vacation, and there's gonna be plenty of stories of people who blew something off their bodies because they just didn't pay attention to this kind of rock solid advice. Because mm-hmm. people are dumb. Some people are very dumb, and you fill them with Jägermeister or Goldschlager, or Zimas, and they're going to do something stupid. You know, uh, Bax, uh, when you got the firework, you just got to ignite the light and let it shine and just own the night like the 4th of July. Hmm. Did you ever feel like a plastic bag just drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? It's funny you say this. Uh, the fact of the matter is I do sometimes feel like a plastic oh. bag. Oh, did you ever feel feel so paper thin, like a house of cards, one blow from caving in? In fact, I do. Did you ever feel already buried deep, six feet under screams, but no one seems to hear a thing? From time to time, yeah. Do you know that there's still a chance for you because there's a spark in you? Well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly. I've seen the spark. Baby, Thank you. you're a firework. Come on. Show them what it's worth. Go. Make them go. Oh, oh, oh. Steve, I want to thank you very much, deeply, for these compliments. As you <clears> shoot <throat> across the sky, baby, you're a firework. Wow. That's, a, that's the greatest tune by Steve Perry. And it's the greatest. Yes. And, and it's, right, <laughs> and it's the it's journey a, covered, yes. uh, covered that. It's yep. the greatest compliment that you can give another dude. Well, mm-hmm. hey, I just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you very much. Are you, uh, are you guys, uh, are you going to go to the fireworks? Uh Possibly. Yeah. I haven't uh, formulated my weekend plans completely yet. We're still working on the details. You we know, we but, did fireworks last week yeah? in uh, in Vermont, and so we're good for fireworks for, for now. You know, I, I didn't like fireworks when I was a kid, and I don't like them now. Oh, you were the kid that didn't like them. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. I mean, eh, whatever. It's just, you know. Yeah. What do and, you and not it, like about fireworks? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't thrill me at all. It's I don't know. I never explosions I, in the sky. I know. How cool is that? I know. I, I agree. I, it's just like I don't like watermelon. I know that's a bad thing. And, you know, I don't like uh, cotton candy and I don't like fireworks. That's it. It's the way I am. And by the way, it's nothing. What kind of American are you? Yeah. I, you what the hell's you, going on over here? You're right. I'm the kind of American who wants to defect to Canada, like Alec Baldwin and mm. the guy from Green Day. Hey, yeah. Steve. Mm. Get a load of this guy. Am I right? You're right. I'm right. You're right. I know I'm right. You're definitely right. And by the way, that's nothing against the fine fireworks displays from the Grucci brothers and others that are going to go on here locally. How how do you feel about apple pie? I love it. Uh, You can't love one American thing and hate the other staples. You you ever drive a Chevrolet? Yes. (laughs) Did you like it? Yes. What about a hot dog? You like hot dogs? Yes. 
See, I'm proving you wrong. I'll fireworks. You, you can don't like, like fireworks. Yeah, no, nope. doesn't like fireworks. No, nope. no. Nope. I needed the weighted sweater to get through the whole thing. You probably like a good three bean salad, don't you? <laughs> is, is that what it is? You're so scared of the loud bangs that you <laughs> yeah. have to hide under a bed. Shh, quiet. And and yes, I do love the three bean salad and the four bean salad. Oh, I had some God, yesterday from the Big Y, by the way. Oh my God! Well, here's what's going to happen, Dave. You get this Enfield uh, celebration that uh, we're actually going to interview somebody with uh, about that for Great. next week. All right, that's right near your place. I don't know how you're going to deal with the fireworks going off right in your own backyard. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to wear one of them weighted sweaters right. like the dog does. I, I will do that. I have one ready just in case. <laughs> it's seven twenty-two with back Steve and Dave and Rock One Hundred Two. The Rock 102 Golf Club. Freddie Mercury and David Bowie on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave. Good morning. You know, you're looking for a fireworks display in the area, Western Mass, Northern Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock 102 has piled, uh, compiled a uh, whole list of fireworks displays that you and your family can enjoy, everybody except for Dave, because he doesn't like that kind of thing. <laughs> you go to rock102.com and you find fireworks near you, like in Chickabee, Springfield, Northampton, Enfield, and many, many more. Check it out on rock102.com from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, yeah, You'll eat a three-bean salad. Four, but you and, won't, a four, and a four-bean salad. Three, whether it's three beans or four beans, it's 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 the same lousy salad. Let me guess. No, it's not. You also eat that shredded carrot and raisin thing, no, too. No, nope. Really? Can't, nope, can't stand that. See, I'm an enigma wrapped in a puzzle inside a whatever the hell the third thing is there. I don't know what we're, we're all trying to figure you out, frankly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But the three bean, three or four bean salad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's not... You ever tried it from the big Y? You ever tried the four it, bean salad? It, it's, I've had enough three bean salad in my lifetime to last a lifetime. Well, maybe it's the fourth bean that you need in your four bean salad. One, maybe that's the difference You could put you. 36 beans <laughs> in that. It's going to make a damn bit of difference. Mm-hmm. It's still a three bean salad. Because you got your green beans, you got your kidney beans, you got your um, chickpeas, which I guess that's a bean because they're usually in there. And then there's one more, and I don't even know what the hell it is. I only like green beans when they're in that uh, cream, of, cream of mushroom soup. And the, the amandine? Onion. Yeah. Well, no, the, no, uh, no, like the, 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 the casserole the, thing. The French, ah. French's uh, onions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's not too bad. But a three-bean salad? Yeah, I don't, no, yeah, I don't no know, way. man. That's, I just don't know what you're missing. No, I do know what I'm missing. <laughs> like I said, I've had my share. My mother used to make it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. See? And then other people would make it. I didn't like that either. Yeah. Thinking, well, maybe my mom's making it wrong. Nope, nope, she's not making it yeah. wrong. She made it like it, it tastes like for everybody else, and it ain't good. You know what my mother used to make that was like her signature like barbecue-type uh, dish, but I hated it? Hmm. What? Neptune salad. Is that the, the fake seafood? It's the fake seafood with the... I don't know. There's just yeah. something about that. that uh, and she put, used to put like a... Crap ton of paprika over mm-hmm. the top of it, and yeah, it's right. just paprika has no taste, though. Well, it's got it has an, like an aroma to it uh, that makes it does. If you're it's using not like, really like a like a distinctive taste, but it it does make a little like a smell to yeah, it. Yeah, my it's colorful. My grandmother would use paprika to give it uh, the illusion yeah. that it was sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of like on deviled eggs. My mom did that too. I would eat a deviled egg. See? I had no problem with a deviled See, egg, but my I, my grandmother was like the worst cook imaginable. So I, I can't do deviled eggs. Really? You can't? There was That's uh, not American, Steve. <laughs> it's not about that. It was more of a there was a particular person that used to make these ah, deviled eggs yeah. and uh it, it, there was some sort of incident 
where something got cross-contaminated with the deviled egg, mm. and I no longer can have the deviled egg. Oh, you got to, what was what was cross-contaminated? I, it was like another food. Uh. Like it was like I don't know the tuna fish or something uh-huh. that, that like dri- dripped onto the deviled oh, eggs, and this yeah. woman didn't realize that that had happened. Yeah, because, that would be a bad one. And uh, eating that, mm. it was just, it was very unexpected. And I didn't, and I had to. I, I I just choose to not eat deviled eggs. We did a work release party uh, a long time ago. This goes back a few years. One of the very first ones we ever did. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say the name of the place, and I don't want to say the name of the town, but it rhymes with Palmer. Anyway, mm-hmm. huh. uh, every bar was required as part of the deal to provide food for the mm-hmm. people that showed up. And some places would go all the way out. They may have like a carving stations and you know yeah. lamb lollipop. Put out a huge spread. This place put out a gigantic bowl of pretzels and deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. There's now, so- and there's something about deviled eggs in like a restaurant setting that doesn't really fit. This wasn't even a restaurant setting. Yeah. This was just a regular dingy yeah. old hellhole bar. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had uh, deviled eggs at uh, your barbecue, I might have a uh, a deviled egg or two. But if I'm not feeling comfortable about touching anything, say, like in your restroom mm-hmm. in a bar, yep. it's very unlikely I'm going to feel comfortable eating any of your deviled eggs. Understandable. You wouldn't have deviled eggs at a strip club, even though they serve food there. Uh, it, it, yeah. I, I'm very hesitant to get food at a strip club. Mm-hmm. Very hesitant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just you gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere. I uh, I once uh, went to a bachelor party at the Magic Lantern, going back maybe twenty years ago. Yes, and uh, it was in the back room, you know, where all the good stuff happens. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was like it was it wasn't bad. It was like twenty bucks a, a, a dude, and you got to go uh, see chicks take their clothes off. Up until the part where you're trying to eat your pepperoni pizza and somebody's waving their squish mitt in front of you. Yeah, no, it, that's, that's, uh, that's it was just not. It was like wait a minute. Uh, this pizza looks exactly <laughs> like what I'm looking at up here. What's going on? The use of usurp yeah. yesterday on the show and squish mitten today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at us. It's 7.33. News is next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass. 7.36. We're back, Stephen Dave, on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Mention Rock 102 and save 2,500 hours on the cost of labor during Yankee Home's Thank You America sale going on now through July 4th. Call Yankee Home and mention Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. There's a traffic situation out there that might give you a little slowdown on your way into work this morning, but won't affect your afternoon or evening commute. A portion of Route 202 from South Hadley to Granby reduced to alternating one-way traffic because of paving ongoing. Beginning from the intersection of Route 202 and Route 33 in South Hadley, the road reduced to one lane for nearly two miles up to the intersection of Route 202 and Pleasant Street in Granby. This alternating one-way traffic pattern will continue into tomorrow from the hours of 7 in the morning to 3.30 every afternoon. I can't imagine that would be inconvenient for anybody. No, not at all. Do you travel that, by the way, on your... No, I don't uh, travel that, but uh, it is a very heavily traveled road. <laughs> yes, it's it's very heavily traveled. Yeah, so is 91, and emergency crews responding to a three-vehicle crash involving a motorcycle. Happened I-91 North yesterday afternoon. Western Mass News confirming with Mass State Police they were called to the scene at 2.45 yesterday afternoon. Three vehicles involved were a Kawasaki motorcycle, a Toyota sedan, and a Ford SUV. Those are the only details we have at this point. 
There's another situation, and all I need to do is read the headline. Man who appeared in Massachusetts court for driving without a license and marijuana possession arrested after driving away from court with an SUV full of marijuana. And was still without a license. Yes. There's a trooper named Michael Provost, and he gets credit for noticing that 43-year-old Eve Duboc of Biddeford, Maine. He was in court, and he was the same man who was the defendant in the day's earlier court case for unlicensed operation and marijuana charges. So they hit him with that, mm. and then he went out into the parking lot and got into his Toyota SUV with Florida plates and tried to drive away. He was still unlicensed, and the trooper said, wait, you can't do that. So he stopped the guy. More marijuana found in the SUV he tried to drive away from court with after being charged with marijuana possession a few hours earlier. Now, we'd, we don't make you do stupid stuff like that. <laughs> well, um, does that does that would suggest that he drove to court with I, a vehicle full I, of marijuana? I, I guess. And Trooper Provost, while searching the Toyota SUV with the Florida plates, found Ziploc baggies, a bong, two large vacuum-sealed bags, and two duffel bags filled with marijuana. Also, five large jars of THC extract and a large roll of $20 bills secured with a rubber band. Obviously, Eve Duboc taken right back to court. Well, that sounds like uh, it could be all uh, a big mis- a big misunderstanding. Maybe. You know, if maybe, he has a good lawyer, maybe. Uh, is it possible that, uh, you know, uh, somebody may have planted all those things in his car? Good point. Again, if you got a good lawyer, you could probably make that happen. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I put nothing... I don't, uh, I don't put anything past anybody. Springfield police confiscating three guns as part of a bust in Indian Orchard earlier this week. Along with the three guns, 80 grams of Coke... 400 bags of heroin, and nearly $4,000 cash. Officials arresting the four people in Indian Orchard as a result of an ongoing investigation. Two minors and two adult men. The two adults, 21-year-old Oren Anderson and 29-year-old Luther Evans, both facing a number of firearms and drug trafficking-related charges. No Toyota SUV involved in that one. Here's an interesting one for you guys. A 22-year-old former... Worcester Polytechnic Institute student Mm -hmm. accused of hiding a camera inside a woman's dorm in January of 2020. He was convicted. He's serving 18 months probation, according to a recent court case. Kyle Sanborn of Seekonk, appearing in Worcester Uh, District Court Wednesday. Seekonk, that's uh, that's like my neck of the woods. Yeah, is that right? Do you know know the guy? No, but I know know the town of Seekonk. It's, uh, It's a bordering town to Rehoboth. So the crime he committed, electronic recording or surveillance of a nude or partially nude person, and also trespassing. He had a mini cube camera, which records audio and video, and it was tucked under a mattress on an unused bed in the dorm room. Worcester Polytechnic Institute investigators writing in their search warrant affidavit that he admitted to buying the camera over Christmas break and placing it in the female student's room, when he returned to campus. He said he did it for sexual gratification. No kidding. Mm. Well, at least he admitted it. It wasn't like, oh, I left my camera uh, in this person's room, and uh, I just wanted to see her uh, her wall decor. 
Her what? Her wall decor. Oh, oh, I see what you. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I, know, I, yeah. I get yeah. that. Yeah, now he was just trying to get some uh, it with decorating the kind of tips. Tapestry she was using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not for nothing, but this seems very Chuck Berry like yes. to me. Yes. Remember when uh, Chuck Berry would uh, would uh, put cameras in uh, in toilets? Yeah, yeah, in and, then he, rooms and, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. and then he would uh, sit there and uh, play my dingling. Yes, that's uh, right. While he was watching those videos. Now, this young man was uh, was uh, was he bounced out of the school? You would think. I mean, look for the next eighteen months, he's going to be on probation. I don't know. Can you go to school and be on probation? Maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe he can continue his education. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's sixty nine thousand dollars a year to attend WPI. All going to crap because you decided to get horny and put a camera in a dorm room. Yeah, and that was two years ago when he was a sophomore. You would imagine if he's 22 now. He'd be graduating. Maybe. Anyway, he's got some challenges ahead of him in life. Well, does he he have to uh, register as a sex offender? Doesn't say that as part of his terms of his probation. I don't know. That's a good question. And do you guys ever suffer from the old whistling scrotum? No. No. 72-year-old uh, guy from Ohio, recently the first person ever diagnosed with that malady, a whistling scrotum. Turns out his lungs had collapsed and there was air trapped inside his body. Also, an incision from an earlier surgery on his junk hadn't healed properly. Right. So the air made a whistling sound as it came out, tried to escape from his lung area through the incision on his junk. You know, if it weren't so uncomfortable, wouldn't it be kind of fun to use that as a whoopee cushion? <laughs> the old spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Can't, can't really do it. You know, we uh, we play a whistling scrotum almost every day here. It's in the form of the scorpions and winds of change, <laughs> which you'll hear six times today. It's 744 with Bax, Steve, and Dave. Coming up next and now hear this, Stephen Wright, Seth Myers, and a TikToker who ruined a classic. All straight ahead on Rock 102. You ever see the ball bag pipe? Rock at 751 and the doors with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Going to be a nice day today, sunny and a high of 84. Tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high of 91. Could see a thunderstorm on Saturday, but then uh, 4th of July, not looking too bad uh, for the rest of the weekend. It's 65 in downtown Springfield. Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds coming up uh, next hour. We're going to talk about uh, what happened during those finals and uh, some other things, too. So that's coming up just after 8. It is 751 with back Stephen Dave. Now hear this. Now hear this. I'm sorry to hear that. Redneck noise, dude. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Now hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. Clip number one from Patrick Major, the chief of police in Chicopee, with an increase in shootings in that town and a fatal one that happened over the weekend western mass news catching up with patrick major to talk about the situation here he was it's people that knew each other or were going to meet each other and the the shootings themselves have been pretty close range that's probably why we're seeing what we're seeing this year as compared to other years there you go chicopee's new police chief patrick major he added by the way that they've already increased patrols out on the streets, including extra motorcycles and unmarked units to prevent these shootings from occurring in Chicopee in the future. Let's hope so. He went on to say that their main priority is to keep Chicopee safe 
and they plan to increase their presence even more within the community. Clip number two, Stephen Wright, originally scheduled back in February at the Academy of Music in Northampton. That show will now take place on September 16th at the same venue. All tickets for the original performance will be honored. What the hell is this? The FCC has forbidden audible flatulence. Everyone is now required to wear this device that converts all fart sounds into Stephen Wright jokes. I spilled spot remover on my dog, and now he's gone. Oh, this is bogus. There you go. That's what you're going to get. Oh. Coming up September 16th, the new date for the Stephen Wright show. You know, Stephen Wright's a good friend of uh, Dr. Wes Chesterson. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. He was actually in the video of uh, the Western Mass video. Get out. Yeah. yeah. Standing right. outside the Academy of Music up in Northampton. Nice. Lighting pipes. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> uh, clip number three, also from a cartoon on TV, The Simpsons, and it's a TikToker. I've played this guy before. He's, his name is There I Ruined It. So what he did was he took Homer Simpson's voice and he auto-tuned it into Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Here you go. Best 16 seconds you'll spend this morning, right? Not bad. Yes. That took some time to put together. There I ruined it from that TikToker. Do you think he gets paid for this at all? Do you think he monetizes no, these things at all, or just it for just for kicks? Most of the monetization comes from like if you have a channel and you start getting a lot of views, and yeah, you know. and if you're using somebody else's work, mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to get you're not going to get a whole lot of money for it. Well, unless you pay for the ASCAP and BMI rights, right. mm-hmm. which most people are not going to do. Probably not. And clip number four from Seth Meyers on the mayor of New York, Eric Adams. And his announcement about the city's brand new rat control measures. Check this out. Rat-proof trash cans will be installed around the city, transforming New York from a city full of rats to a city full of angry, starving rats. Yeah, it could have the mm. opposite effect, right? It might. I once watched a documentary about the rats in New York City, and it was like, oh, my God. God, yeah. like there's like a level of the city underground that has nothing but rats, mm-hmm. and they try to basically. There's no way they can kill them all, so they keep them. They take measures to keep them below that threshold, and of course, you know they all cut this. Some of them come out, uh, out like in the uh, subways uh, and stuff, right? Or even in you know trash areas mm-hmm. and things like that. But they that that there's really no way of getting rid of them because there's so many of them. Yeah, and some of them are enormous. Yeah, like they grow to like the size of a Subaru. Well, I don't know if they're that big. Well, but. yeah, they did get and they got more bold during COVID because they sort of spread out from downtown Manhattan out to the suburbs in Westchester County and places mm-hmm. like that in search of food. It's crazy. All the restaurants closing down. Pretty soon they'll be wintering in Florida. Yeah. Or going to the Hamptons for the high holidays. <laughs> Probably. It's two Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and ACDC. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. Very non-hockey-like weather. Highs in the mid-80s today. Low 90s tomorrow with lots of sunshine. On the phone this right now from the uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds, it's uh, defenseman Tommy Cross. How you doing, Tommy? How you been? Hey, guys. I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, We uh, saw your message you put out there on Twitter, thanking all the fans for all the support this year. That was real nice of you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, honestly, I think we can't say it enough. Uh, I've been a part of a few a few seasons in the American League, and this was uh, by far the best support that I've ever been a part of. And fans were incredible right till the very end. And obviously it didn't end the way we wanted, but even the uh, this, the ovation that they gave us after the last game, uh, I just think it shows the the commitment that the fans had all year. So it was really special. It meant a lot to all of us. Tommy, let me ask you this, because uh, you know, obviously when you win, it's a much different feeling than when you don't. And uh, when you're coming off the ice after game five and uh, it's not going your way, what's, what? tell us what the, the, the locker room was was like. I mean, you guys, obviously you're disappointed in everything, but there has to be lots of room for optimism for, for all you guys. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely disappointing, um, disappointing. And I guess sad would be a good word. Sad feeling at the end of the season, you get in the locker room and you've played your last game. And I think it, I think it just hits all of you that, I mean, guys that have been around know how fast it ends. You, you know, you, you, you pack up that night, you do your exit meetings the next day, and then, you know, you never see some of those guys again. So, mm. um, it comes to an end real fast. And I mean, there certainly was, I think guys are, guys turn the page at some point and, you know, even, you know, you go and, and hang out as a team after the game and you start to, you know, you start to think about some of the some of the great memories we had all year and the great run we had. So you, you start to see some of the positives, but um, the sting is definitely there because you put so much into everyone in our team and our staff and our operations and front office. Everyone puts so much into kind of building all season long that, you know, when you get that sense that you didn't accomplish the ultimate goal, it's, it's definitely a, a bit of a letdown and disappointing it. Eventually, this thing goes away, and you uh, start to smile at some of the good memories. But you know, the the, the 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 fact of the matter is, even though you didn't win, what you guys brought to Springfield this season is really significant. I mean, you, Springfield has not had postseason hockey in a long, long time. They haven't had anything close to being in a championship game in Springfield in an awful long period of time. You guys went from being last in attendance to being 12th in attendance in the course of just a matter of, of like two years. So, I mean, everything that, that you're talking about, I understand, but there's lots of room for this team to feel really good about what they accomplished. The, to, me, to me, yeah, there's no championship, but man, what, a, what a, just a tr- tremendous season for the entire franchise from top to bottom. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, to be honest, and, and I appreciate you saying that, and you know, we took great pride in, uh, you know, and I said it kind of during the playoffs, and a lot of guys were saying is, you know, we took took great pride in kind of bringing uh, playoff hockey to the fans and trying to reward reward them for for all that they gave us all year. So um, we, we definitely realize that, and, and we're proud of that. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm proud of the effort that we put forth and, uh, you know, the season that we had, like, we, you know, it was a great year, a lot of great things. We won three playoff rounds, and obviously we didn't get the fourth, but, uh and there's so much that goes into it. So many people behind the scenes that don't get enough credit, but you know, people like our equipment staff and our athletic trainers and the front office, the social media, the tickets, um, the coaches, obviously. The, so there's so much that goes into it that that's the stuff that I find myself thinking about is all those people and then the, the relationships with the teammates. So uh, I know us as players, we felt like rock stars uh, some of the year. We come out after games and there's fans waiting, waiting to get pictures and get autographs and um you know that's unique and that's pretty special so a lot of positives and uh i'm thankful for a great year hey uh tom you know chicago was a good team but did they play a little dirty 
Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I think um, they were a really good team. I agree with that. Uh, but no, I think I think we were trying to play the physical game a little bit. Um, I think they have a high, they have some high end skill that they kind of focused on. Um, I wouldn't say that they were necessarily dirty. I think we were a more physical team than them, and, and uh, I think they, um, you know, they played really well. They they executed better than we did, and and they certainly earned the earned the championship. Well, let me ask you this then, uh, Tommy. What do you think of this uh, jackhole Alex Leon, the uh, the goalie that's been suspended for two games for double uh, fist and a couple of uh, middle fingers to the crowd? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I he's actually a really good goaltender. I've played against him for a number of years now. Um, he's had a good career, you know. I think, um, but he's an a hole, right? I mean, I mean, the guy, let's <laughs> wow. let's call it what it is. The kid's a jerk, right? Well, I mean, the thought of doing that crossed my mind in Laval and in Chicago. I, I, guess I, I didn't, I didn't do it because I didn't want to get suspended. But I think, uh, I think he'd gladly take that uh, suspension come the start of next year, as long as he's got the ring on his finger for the championship. What's the deal with uh, Newsom? Slightly uh, temperamental there. What's that? I, I'm here. here I, I have to reveal something. These questions that I ask you are written by the president of the ARA Credit Union, Michael Strowski. <laughs> And that—that's how I get these things. And then one of his questions was, "What's the deal with Newson? Is he slightly temperamental?" Oh, the guy on there, yeah. Nason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the problem with him was he scored forty-eight goals this year. Like mm. uh, the numbers he put up was absolutely incredible. So he—he he had a really good year. He's a good player. Him and that Podikarowski, um, you know, they had some good chemistry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to battle against guys like that and try to. Well, Try to shut him down. Well, finally, Tom, as an advertiser and T-Bird fan, I appreciate that all that Tom, the other players, and the organization did this year, it was great for Springfield. Yeah, Mike Ostrowski, everybody. Yeah, and Steve's own words. words. There you go, right. Oh, oh no, you I go. Wait, you don't mouth. shoot the messenger. I, get, you know, I, gotta, <laughs> I don't know anything about this stuff. I ask him questions, and they're great questions. Yeah, because they're, they're, all the questions that I have been given to me are, are great questions. And, Tom, you can agree with those. The, oh, yeah. The ones, that I, the ones that I come up with are not that great. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking to Tommy Cross on Rock 102. So looking in the crystal ball for next year, uh, you mentioned the fact that some of the guys you're kind of saying goodbye to, you won't see them ever again. What percentage of the team do you think will be back for next year? Um, there's definitely, in, in the American League, there's always a lot of turnover. Um, the good thing is a lot of young guys, starting their career, you know, they put in a few years with the same AHL team. So I suspect that, you know, there's a crop of young guys that will be back and there's uh, a crop of some of the older guys that are already under contract for next year. So because of that, we've got a decent number of guys that, that will be back. Over 50% will, will still be with the team next year. And then um, there's some turnover. You know, some guys seek other opportunities and some guys make the NHL. So, um, you know, there's a there's a solid number, probably 12, 13 guys that will be back. Um and that's just off the top of my head, but you know those—it's always fun to kind of try to build again next year with the same guys because you got the chemistry and you got the relationships. And then it's—you know—it's sad to see uh, you know teammates that you spent so many days with this year, you know, they move on. And it's funny, I, you know, you talk to your—you know—I was talking to my wife and I was just like, you know, I spent so many days with these guys over the last ten months, and then uh, you know, and then it's all done. So you know, they get to know you pretty well, you get to know them pretty well, and uh, it's fun to meet up down the road and reminisce. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so you mentioned your wife. Are you going on vacation now? Like, what do you do after uh, after you do all this? Yeah, well, um, I, I moved back home to. We spent our summers in Rhode Island, so uh, pretty soon after the season, I, I got out of town and, and got back to Rhode Island. And uh, I was away from my wife and kids 
uh, for most of the playoffs, so I was anxious to get home and see them. And we actually had a number of guys that were away from their uh, from their wives, and and a few guys were away from their kids for an extended period. So that's always tough for guys. And um, so basically, just a lot of family time, and uh, we try to get away, and um, you know, no vacation in the plans, but uh, just spending some time together you know, and kind should, of uh, you, take, taking some time off. You should take the kids to Old Sturbridge Village, and that way your wife will go. Could you please go back to playing hockey <laughs> sometime soon? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I know one thing you told me, Tommy, back when I was working on the other radio station, is one of your goals this summer is to have a hole-in-one on the golf course. That's right. Good memory. So, are, are we are – we are we, how many times are you playing? Are we going to get one or what? We're, yeah, we're working. I've got a couple things scheduled. Uh, I've only played once so far. Um but I got a couple, I call them major tournaments for me. I got a couple majors coming up. I go up to Burlington, Vermont, and play a couple rounds. And then uh, I try to get a round or two down at Old Sandwich in, in Plymouth, Mass., which Ooh. is uh, one of my favorite courses. Yeah. So I don't know if the hole-in-one will happen there. It might happen at my uh, my home course in Simsbury. That would be pretty special. So I, if I don't get it, it won't be from a lack of trying. That's for sure. D- D- Dave's that. hoping you'll invite him on a golf trip, and uh, he could yeah, he, witness that. Yeah, you sure you want to do that, Tommy? <laughs> There's got to be other guys All you right. can find. <laughs> hey, you could be stuck with Nagel golfing with him. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't wish that. Yeah, he wouldn't remember right, anything Dave about the golf good. trip. Dave, Dave, Dave sounds good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when, <laughs> when do you start to focusing again on hockey? Yeah, it, it's a little different for everyone. I, I like to get away from the game for a couple weeks, at least just physically to refresh, and then I start my off-ice training. Um you know, probably after shortly after July Fourth, and and you kind of build up slow because your body needs some some time to heal, and then just because of how late we went, I'd say August first, I'll be back on the ice, um, and that's the reality. Next season comes at you quick, so it's yeah. it's hard to. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it's only a month. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> like when you talk about yeah. heal, when you talk about healing, what hurts the most on you right now? Oh, you know, it's not like one specific thing necessarily. It's more just. You know the the grind. Your body just gets worn down, and and uh, little bumps and bruises. A lot of times, stuff that you didn't know was bothering you. Once you get home and you put your feet up and you start to the adrenaline wears off and the season's done, you're like, oh man, I didn't realize my left shoulder hurt like that, or oh, I didn't know I yeah. had a, you know. So it's just stuff like that. And we had guys. Our whole team was playing through, you know, bumps and bruises, as was you know Chicago and Laval and all those teams. So that's I think most guys would agree that's part of the fun of it is is. Uh, you know, is is pushing through some injuries and kind of pushing your body and seeing how much you can get out of it and mental strength and um, so yeah, it's it's no no specific uh, injury. It's just uh, you know the inflammation in your body starts to go down and you start to uh, start to get your energy back. And, w- and what about eating and drinking different for the next month or so? Yeah, I I used to be pretty good at uh, going on a bit of a a bunch of cheat meals and cheat weeks in a row uh, with a couple benders mixed in there. But I, I try to keep it under control now because the farther behind I let my body get, the, the longer it takes to get it back, uh, you know, come come time to train. So I try to, I mean, I can't lie too much. I like to have a little bit of fun, so I'll, I'll certainly pick my spot. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. But I, I try to, not too many days in a row. All right. Very good. Tommy Cross, again, great season. Uh, congratulations on everything you guys did accomplish and we appreciate uh, you joining us through a, a good part of the season this year. So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun to chat. And uh, like I said before, just a lot of thanks to our fans and everyone involved with the Thunderbirds. And uh, It was a special year, and 
uh, hopefully we can do it all again next year, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you guys. Listen, Tom, if you go on uh, vacation with the wife uh, this summer, it's okay to use her toothbrush. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about talk it's about a, reaching it's back. Call, it's called a callback. That's that's reaching yeah. way back. See? Very good. Tommy Cross, good to <laughs> talk right, to you. Hey, if you need a fourth, you got my number. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. Thank all right. you, guys. It's 822 with Tommy Cross and back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. GG 833. But back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Serve You Locksmith. They got a key for that. St. James Avenue in Springfield or serveyoulocksmith.com. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. Hey, it's all going on in South Hadley, guys. A portion of Route 202 from South Hadley to Granby reduced because of paving going on. So just factor that in for your morning commute. It's going on from the hours of 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. each day. So it probably will not affect your afternoon or evening commute. Also, a big explosion out of South Hadley. Heard, it says here, according to Western Mass News, all around Western Mass. Certainly not to us, but the blast was pinpointed to South Hadley where fire investigators say a carbon dioxide fire extinguisher exploded at the demolition site of a company named E-Inc. Daniel. And some of the debris... Is that what it is, Steve? The debris? Debris. The debris. Debris is a long-standing tradition in the Jewish faith of uh, circumcision. Performed by a woman named Deborah. No, no. Usually performed by a moil. And and there was a great bit on that on Saturday Night Live one time about the moil doing a debris in the back of a limo, by the way. Mm. Anyway, back to the explosion in South Hadley. Some of the debris landing a thousand feet away. Excuse me, a thousand yards away from where it occurred. That's like three times what you were saying. I know. The extinguisher itself weighs about 20 pounds and is like two feet tall, according to the investigators. They're still trying to figure out why it exploded. Was uh, was anybody injured in this explosion? No. Nobody? No. Not a single person? No, but there was one resident in South Hadley who, you know, was a little worried because, you know, he's got an 11-month-old, he's got an almost 17-year-old, sometimes they're outside at the wrong time. And he was worried that if they had been out there, there may have been some injuries. You know, uh, many years ago, I know this probably isn't uh, environmentally uh, safe to do, but we had a uh, an old fire extinguisher mm-hmm. that had expired, you know, because they all have an expiration date. Sure. We'd either get it refilled or whatever. You buy a new one. And, uh, you know, this thing had never been used because we just, you know, we didn't typically start fires. So I thought, hey, you know what would be fun? If I uh, you know, pulled the pin on this thing and started blasting around the backyard. Wow. I got to tell you, that was great fun. That <laughs> yeah, was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Good times. Like, I mean, I know it's probably not good for the ozone or for animals or vegetation or you know, insects or even humans or dogs or cats or whatever. But man, so much fun. Especially around really- July 4th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To release that stuff into the uh, into the air. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's like, and yeah, and, and for so long that you empty the thing out. It's great fun. You do that over like a, like a, like an oven fire. You know, just a couple of squirts on the thing and see, you know, it's pretty much out. Yeah. But you unload the entire c- containers, uh, you know, the, the, the contents of that thing. Mm-hmm. Whoo, man. You want to talk about, uh, you know, something exciting. That's it. Thanks. Cover your whole backyard with with white powder. Remember we had the boss that got covered at the gas station? 
He was filling his tank up, and, yes. and all the, it was right up here at the corner. Yes. Uh, something happened where the fire extinguisher system went off. There was no fire. It just went off. There was a malfunction to it, and everybody under that awning got covered in white. It was like a white Christmas in July. <laughs> uh, that was good fun times. Hey, I don't know how we missed this one, but a couple of dudes from Philadelphia caught trying to transport a large volume of cocaine into Springfield, Mass., for distribution. A 50-year-old and a 25-year-old, Herman Gomez, the older guy, and Jeffries Feliciano Santana. Is that your former partner from Syracuse? No, but it does have the same name, Gomez, yeah. yes. Uh, Gomez is a little older than 50, so definitely not him. But the Mass. State Police did nab these guys when that shipment of cocaine they were trying to bring in that was labeled... COVID <laughs> didn't fool anybody, apparently. Mm. You can't pull one over like that on the Massachusetts State Police. No, they, they, they see you coming. And the Facebook post reading, the approximate weight of the recovered cocaine was 1,683 grams. Again, that's the approximate weight. Mm. Packaged as a one kilo brick and another shrink wrap package of slightly more than half a kilo, the whole Kilo, the whole kilogram was packaged in a wrapping that was stamped COVID. Didn't work for those two dudes from Philadelphia. By the way, the canine known as Kyber was also significantly involved in the bust. Was he uh, snorting coke? No. Oh. He, was just, he was sniffing it out, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The dog gets addicted to the drug. Could happen, I guess. If you get too close to it, right? It says man a lot. Sniffs all the time. Those would be the telltale signs. That's right. Hey, man. You going to the club tonight? Maybe barking like a chihuahua instead of a German shepherd? Could be doing all kinds of different things. Springfield police have also confiscated three guns, 80 grams of coke, and more than 400 bags of heroin, and $4,000 in cash. That happened this week while officers were arresting four people in Indian Orchard as part of an ongoing investigation. Well, those sound like clues. Yeah. Two minors and two adults were arrested. The adults, 21-year-old Oren Anderson and 29-year-old Luther Evans, both facing a number of firearms and drug trafficking-related charges. Like a Door of the Explorer episode? <laughs> Backpack, prison shank, Rocky Mountain. I'm more, more blues clues yeah. than the Door of the Explorer. Uh, yeah. I was going with the Dora. And then the little fox comes out with the little bandit <laughs> eyes on it. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper. Oh, man. A 19-year-old woman had her stun gun confiscated at Bradley Airport. Can you bring nothing nice onto yeah, a plane anymore? anymore? She was trying to bring this in on her carry-on bag. And according to the TSA, they busted her and said, quote, doesn't matter what your stun gun says, including the word police. It can't board the plane with you. That... On the TSA's Twitter feed. All right, so you can't bring a stun gun, can't bring a firearm, can't bring any kind of uh, of uh, thing with a blade on it. You know what I found out last night? Mm. Uh, you can bring food onto a plane, and it doesn't constitute carry-on luggage. Yeah, you can, you but can they bring have to test the food. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. They can look through the food, but you can bring... I just found this out, as many as three bags of food onto a plane, and it's not considered carry-on luggage. Bag no? meaning what? What size? How big is the bag? Well, imagine, uh, say, like a uh, a plastic bag yeah. uh, 
that you would find at a stop and shop because okay. you would never find them any uh, big Y. But uh, you can't take like a 55 gallon leaf bag and fill it with uh, jelly beans. I don't know if there are restrictions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you can bring as many as three bags full of food onto a plane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. I'll tell you what. Had I known that, I wouldn't be waiting around for those lousy little cookies or those pretzels. They didn't have any of the peanuts, by the way, on my flights over the weekend they to and from Florida. They don't do that anymore because people get the, those peanut allergies. Yeah, you're probably right. People get all bugged out about that stuff. So now that. it's like... You know, like a like a Chex Mix or in, in a small, fun-sized uh, bag let of pretzels. Me, let me tell you, when I got uh, upgraded to first class back in October, yeah, I got to have as many snacks as I wanted, and they were like good, full-size snacks. It was like bags of Oreos, like the Oreo bit ones. Oh, yeah, they yeah. broke it off in pieces, and then yeah. they had uh, uh, like Nutter Butters. And uh, they had all kinds of snack mix, like good snack mix, not just a cheap one. You could you could get all this stuff. You know right? what I would do? And you could have as many as you wanted to. So so right here, this is what I would do. I would take like a hot plate, and uh, you know put it down in the uh, the tray table in front of me. Mm-hmm. I would make soup hmm. on a flight. Oh, there you go. Who's gonna stop me? First class. First class is like a whole different world. Yeah, I'm not talking about coach. I mean, oh. I'm, I'm making coach soup. soup okay. for, you know, soup for me. Okay. I, may, I may share it with other people. It's like uh, making uh, prison hooch. Yeah. You're, you're doing airplane f- uh, cooking with a hot plate. Why shouldn't my flight be more like a backyard right. barbecue? <laughs> I'll, I'll bring in hibachi. <laughs> I'll go back there. I'll uh, make steaks for everybody. Yeah. It'd be very popular. George Foreman <laughs> Grill with mm-hmm. you. Just set it and forget it, and watch all the fat just drip away. See, now you're mixing the George Foreman grill with the uh, Ronco rotisserie. Oh, yeah. Those are two different things. I don't know if you have enough electricity on a plane, though, to Mm. run a Ronco rotisserie. You know what? You don't know until you try. Timothy Tatro didn't try to bring a crossbow on a plane, but he did aim it at a police officer, and you can't do that. The Berkshire DA's office obtaining a guilty conviction for the 40-year-old. Well, who can you aim it at? Probably it's somebody at Sturbridge Village if it's part of a reenactment. Yeah, but even a uh, crossbow is too uh, modernized for old Sturbridge Village. Is that right? Well, if you were talking about Native Americans and bow and arrows, right. maybe that a crossbow with the uh, that's like a gun. That's like a no. Yeah. I think it's just the opposite. I think it's older than Sturbridge Village. A crossbow? Well, yes. I think it's from like medieval times. Uh, I don't know. I mean, not that it matters. When you're busted aiming one of those things at a police officer, you're going down. No, you're right, Dave. You know what? I should always trust the Dixie Cup, man. Uh, the earliest known crossbows were invented in the first millennium B.C., not later than the 7th century B.C. in ancient China, and not later than the 1st century A.D. in Greece. Yeah, that's way before they started to screw people out of their money who went to Sturbridge Village. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, what, era, what era now? I don't know. What era does Sturbridge Village depict exactly? Do we know? Like, is it a certain... Well, well it's the early century. Or? It's the early settlers of yes. the... Uh, so it's the, the 1600s? 1600s. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. I rest my case. In any case, you can't aim a crossbow at a police officer the way 40-year-old Timothy Tatro of Pittsfield did. And after attempting to do that, he's going to serve a little time of five years in incarceration. It's actually 100 years after the pilgrims landed here. Yeah, okay. it's... Uh, so then, life in the 19th century is what they say. Oh. That's actually, uh, so that would be the 1800s. Mm-hmm.
All right. Tonight we're going to party like it's 1899. You know, every kid in Massachusetts had to go to Sturbridge Village for a uh, field trip. And beyond. I grew up in Connecticut when I was those ages, and I went to Sturbridge Village. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point of Sturbridge Village is not to really learn stuff, but to sell stuff in the gift shop. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for moccasins or some saltwater taffy, uh, that's where you want to go. See, I lived in New Jersey when I was a kid, and we used to have cool trips to New York City. We'd go to, like, the Museum of Natural History and uh, Mm -hmm. places like that. I think the most boring one was the... uh, was it Fort Ticonderoga? Where is that? That's, Where is that? That's way up north, I think. It, I, I, don't, no, I don't. No, no, that's New York State. Well, uh, yeah. what, uh, New Jersey. Uh, Fort Old Lee. Forge. Old Forge. Fort no, Lee. no, that's New York. Uh, Fort Lee. Is it Fort, Fort Lee? Fort Lee, maybe. I don't know. It was the thing where they they reenacted the whole thing, and they were talking about the the army and how they were all prom. And this guy was yelling at a bunch of fourth graders mm-hmm. about how they didn't get the roast beef dinner that they were promised. See, uh, when they signed up for the uh, the union in uh, in Rehoboth, there are two main uh, y- you know field trip destinations. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking for a look, one is Anawan Rock, which I believe the King Philip War ended on. Uh, it's this gigantic rock in the woods, and apparently uh, King Philip, who was uh, not even a king and nor was his name Philip, <laughs> died in the rock. Anyway, there's that. The other thing is this thing called the Shad Factory mm-hmm. at Shad Factory Pond. And this is a, a place where everybody went. And if you ask me what goes on at the Shad Factory, I couldn't tell you. And you know why? Because I didn't pay attention. I was too busy looking at girls to pay attention to what happened at the Shad Factory. If you see a faded sign at the side of the road, is it 15 miles to the Love Shad Factory? Love Shad Factory. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I think the fort you were trying to think of in New Jersey was Fort Courage. Maybe it was Fort no, Courage. You know what? I don't even know. It was boring as all hell, and uh, I didn't like that. That's the one I didn't care for. I, 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 I did remember going to the Paper Mill Playhouse to see the Emperor's new clothes. Hmm. It's like we almost saw a naked guy. But, but not really. Didn't. Yeah. It's 847 with back Steve and Dave. Fort Courage, by the way. The fort in F Troop. So it definitely wasn't oh, Fort Courage. Oh, right. I didn't, yes. uh, I didn't see that one. No? You didn't see F Troop with uh, Larry yeah, Storch and uh, the theme Forrest song. Tucker, the Ken the Berry? Theme, the theme song to F Troop. There it is right here. If you yeah. put my computer up, we can enjoy for the All last right. minute of the news here. The end of the Civil War was near when quite accidentally... Hero who sneezed, abruptly seized retreat and reversed it to victory. They just don't write theme songs like this anymore, no, do they? Know, no, they right? don't. F Troop was a great show. Man, war was so funny. Well, this was—I mean, it's all cavalry, no, but it wasn't—they uh, weren't really fighting the war. I mean, it was more about, uh, you know, trying to, you know, work with the Native Americans before putting them on reservations and letting them open casinos. That's hilarious. Anyway, All right. it's uh, 848 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102.